Hello, everyone. I'm Brian Carrington, and you are listening to the final call talk of the year. That's right. We've gone through 11 call talks already. We're going to take next month off, so this will be our final call talk of 2014. Next call talk will be in 2015 in January. So, pretty exciting topic. This is going to be a recap kind of show. And I want to, uh, before we jump into it, remind you that all of our shows are, of course, archived. And hopefully that's where you're listening to it right now. It's on our website at BenchmarkPortal.com. You can go through there, and we have just hundreds of different topics around contact centers there to help you with your operations and uh, hopefully provide you more success in your day-to-day operations and work. So, as I mentioned, what we're going to do in the topic for today's show is going to be a recap of our call center campus that we had just two weeks ago in Las Vegas. It was a great event, lots of people, lots of great speakers, but there's a lot of good information that you may have missed if you couldn't be there. And that's what we want to do in today's show is help you with some of that information and to really help recap and highlight all the wonderful things from from our call center campus event. We have Bruce Belfiore and Amy Novak. Well, hello, Brian. Um, I had a great time, let me just start by saying, at Call Center Campus this week, meeting everyone um, face-to-face. It was wonderful. So I'm happy to be here to recap some of the moments from Call Center Campus Week. Fantastic. Okay, and this is uh, this is Bruce, and uh, really, uh, we had a great, great week. It was a fabulous content-filled uh, event, and uh, we focused on the theme Imagine Excellence and looked at people, technology, connections from today to your tomorrow. We asked people to imagine, what do you think is going to change? What are you excited about? What are you afraid of? What keeps you up at night? And in the perfect world, what would you like to see for your own center and for the industry? So those were uh, some of the themes that we captured and uh, really got a wonderful, wonderful reaction from, from the crowd that was there. So uh, happy to be talking with uh, Amy today to to recap some of the highlights. And uh, we had the great pleasure of our old friend, Professor Richard Feinberg of Purdue University, who joined us uh, for this year's Call Center Campus and delivered the keynote speech. And Amy, uh, maybe you'd like to share some of your thoughts on that speech. Hi, Bruce, certainly. Actually, I must say, Dr. Feinberg certainly had a way of grabbing the audience's attention. He was quite humorous, and it was completely unexpected for myself. But the message, he had actually multiple messages intertwined into his his presentation. And a couple of the ones that I wanted to share with everyone, the first message, which I recall um, being, you know, most or having the most impact on on me, which was um, looking at a video that he showed to the entire um, symposium audience, and it was about goals. And the message um, basically was presenting, are you clearly communicating? Uh, and when you l- watch this video and hear going through the first process of, you know, what is the company's goals and, and individuals trying to stumble upon and or respond what they believe was the company's goals, and then also looking at how does their job actually relate to those companies' goals. I thought that was very insightful, and it's it was enlightening, I think, for those around me as well to see what people may really or 
do not know as it relates to their centers and or their organization. Another um, point that um, Dr. Feinberg had, he had a slide up and he had all these numbers listed and, you know, I, I don't remember, remember them verbatim, what he had uh, down there, but there was all these numbers listed on the slide. And he's like, well, what do these numbers mean? And where everybody's looking at each other like, well, that's a darn good question. What does it mean? And he started rallying off that it was his triglycerides and his blood pressure. And, and, and the point of that was, you know, does your organization, do you as a leader understand the difference between a lot of data, data excuse me, and useful data? And it was funny just to see some of those numbers like, well, yeah, maybe your triglycerides aren't important, but it's it's how that was related to their, their organization and really was food for thought to take that away. And then finally, yeah. he also had a, a, a great question and or statement regarding doing the same thing the same way. And do you expect something different to happen if you're always doing the same thing the same way? And just understanding how rapidly technology has changed and not to, not to mention technology but the customer's expectations and how can an organization and or a call center improve and grow if you're not truly changing to meet those needs as we're all aware all of us having our, our smartphones you know we're looking to you know access whatever we need through those smartphones so it's looking at it from that customer's perspective and and how can we meet those needs if we're not changing mm-hmm. yeah you know i think those are all great points and uh really the whole need to uh change because change is uncomfortable none of us really like to change uh, but we have to actually embrace the change in order to embrace excellence. And in order to imagine excellence, we have to kind of break outside of some of our mental parameters uh, that we're often in. And we have to do fundamental reviews of things like metrics, you know, do a, a good uh, uh, spring cleaning of metrics, do a good spring cleaning on some of the cultural uh, pr- premises that you operate your call center on because maybe there's uh, some things that you really need to change. And uh, there's another thing that struck me that he talked about. Uh, He said, if you were a customer, okay, and I I send this Mm -hmm. out as a challenge to all of our listeners, if you were a customer and called your center after calling all of the competitor centers, can you guarantee that the place you would enjoy most interacting with is your center? Because of how it makes you succeed and feel. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's throw that out to the audience and say, okay, think about all your customers. Think about all your competitors. Is yours the best? And if it's not, in what way isn't it and why? And I think that was a really excellent food for thought. And, um, you know, he, he talked about the challenges of creating uh, customer experience vision and uh, the organizational change, as you mentioned. Uh, he mm-hmm. also talked about somebody called Bracco the ga- Gazer. Do you remember that? Oh, goodness, yes. That was quite silly. <laughs> I had never heard of Bracco until his presentation. So, yes, that was quite okay, entertaining. He's apparently a popular uh, you know, social media figure who will just sort of <laughs> stare at things. And uh, the one thing that maybe we can take away from that one is that sometimes you just have to stop and kind of stare at what you're doing until you actually can see through uh, the day-to-day noise and understand what you're really doing. 
and uh, sort of looked at with that placid look and uh, but very very uh, active mind and figure out what it is that you're doing. So we encourage everybody to uh, Google Bracco the Gazer. <laughs> and, uh, maybe, <laughs> <laughs> to think about I'm sorry, I just keep book. envisioning the picture. That's quite humorous. <laughs> <laughs> you like that one, huh, Brian? So, uh, you know, do some gazing. Do some uh, navel gazing and uh, gazing into the things you're doing now. And uh, really, is it as uh, aligned with your corporate goals as it should be? Are you really energizing your agents? And he talked about, uh, you know, the fact that uh, 70% of uh, CSR dissatisfaction you know, comes from frontline managers, and so what do we need to do to to pump up the preparation and competence of our of our supervisorial staff and that sort of thing? And um, you know, just uh, he also had a uh, a quote from Fromm and Schlesinger, which said, you know, the real heroes of business are, are the frontline people, and there's not one CEO among mm-hmm. them. So we really are, as call center managers, the uh, the custodians of the heroes of our of our enterprises, but we don't always feel that way, and we have to bring things around so that it, in fact, is uh, clear not only to us but to others as well. So, yeah, it was a fun time. So, how about on to the next one, uh, uh, Amy? Certainly. Um, the next presentation, actually, which comes to mind, uh, was from Synchrony Financial. And their presentation uh, was about engaging their employees in a customer-centric culture. And I found it actually interesting. They're, they're a larger, you know, institute, and it was how they engage their employees by making changes from the top down. And it was it was nice to hear how they have continued to improve morale by consistent employee engagement. And one of the statements um, that was made was, you know, making certain that clear, consistent communication is continually provided because that is what has aided in their success of that employee engagement. One of the um, items that was shared during that presentation was their idea of the engagement profile experience. And what they do is they have this um, employee engagement, and it's, they indicate it's connecting, developing, and celebrating basically the agent, which they indicate would be, you know, you or their their agent. And so they, by incorporating and creating and implementing this engagement profile um, is – part of what they um, use to help develop internal relationships that support growth, but it also helps as they're introducing new talent to support, you know, any kind of standalone readiness. And it it truly was connecting how they partner with not only internally their, their coworkers, but also, you know, clients, their consumers, as well as, you know, just making it, an overall like a community feel. And so, again, it it has appeared, you know, just based off of my perception listening to the presentation, you know, that they have developed relationships, you know, very strong relationships among their staff. Right, right. You know, and this is a situation, it was uh, Heath Hansberger who uh, came and gave this very, very good uh, uh, talk, and uh, he noted that Synchrony Financial was formerly GE Financial. So uh, mm-hmm. they've had quite a um, 
you know, a, a, a challenge because they have been hived off from GE. They've got a new name. Mm-hmm. They have to sort of create uh, a new uh, persona in the marketplace while preserving the best of the GE culture and uh, developing some new aspects of, of the culture. And uh, he said that uh, over and over he wanted to be a customer-centric culture and get the employee engagement of these 10,000 employees uh, as he's you know building the new brand and, and employee culture. And one of the ways that they were doing that was through uh, what he called Development U, or sort of like Development University, with uh, themes that were focused on learning and engagement, and have uh, they have courses built around this. And um, uh, one of the things he mentioned is that you have to tell people really clearly what's expected of them. Uh, this oftentimes mm-hmm. we think we're doing because we have it very clear in our head what they're supposed to be doing as managers, but we don't always uh, convey that and communicate that well in terms of uh, clear, defined goals and how to accomplish the goals. Uh, you know how to help people to get there, and and then also hold them accountable. So uh, if we have uh, a good vision for that and a robust voice of the employee program, where we get things uh, back from the employees through uh, properly done surveys, et cetera, then then you can really have a you know a very uh, exciting uh, situation where you're not only imagining excellence, but you're also uh, attaining it. But an important point I'd like to, you know, just kind of extract from there is when communicating with centers, that that is that first step when they're talking about, you know, developing and growing their team is, you know, communicating to them what is expected. And what really stands out with, you know, Heath's presentation was not only are they communicating what's expected and, and helping their team get there, but they're holding them accountable. And more often than not, you'll um, encounter percenters that kind of, you know, falls to the back burner a little bit more often than not where they're looking at what can we do to provide these expectations we want to keep developing. And it this was truly, I thought, an important element to incorporate and make certain we're truly holding them accountable for, you know, this develop growth learning and doing it as a team, again, from that top down. Right, right. And making that accountability as much of an appreciated part of the culture uh, as uh, the, the kudos and everything else, I think, is a, is a key part of it all. Well, you mm-hmm. know, one of the things we did a lot of at Call Center Campus was uh, breakout sessions because we had heard the uh, previous year that that's what people wanted. They really liked the ability to interact with their peers at the uh, event. And uh, tell us how you thought that went, uh, Amy. Uh, Most certainly, Bruce. Uh, Actually, I I led uh, three of the breakout sessions. The first one that I led was for their customer-centric culture and looking at customer satisfaction. And what I found interesting as we, you know, began our discussion is that it quickly turned from looking at just customer satisfaction, but those that were participating uh, noted the correlation between agent satisfaction and customer satisfaction. And so they they were recognizing as well as voicing the importance of giving their agents right tools and training and knowledge. And if the agents didn't have this information and and, um, were not satisfied themselves, that the customer satisfaction would be impacted. 
so, you know, some of the other items that were talked about during that group were, you know, looking even at the customer satisfaction tools to bring that agent back and, and review some of that information as it related to the customer's feedback. And, and it, again, was truly, um, you know, eye-opening to see how many individuals were now looking more than just at customer satisfaction versus agent satisfaction, but looking at the correlation between both and how could they make the improvements and or changes, you know, to 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 gain the increased satisfaction overall from both agents, which eventually, you know, enlighten and, you know, appease and satisfy their customers. So that, that was interesting. Um, the next two breakout sessions that I um, led were over quality. And it was, you know, very the teams or the participants, I guess I should state, they were very excited to share, you know, how they made improvement initiatives. They were they were so eager to, you know, bring to the table, you know, thank you for sharing that. This, you know, they were writing down their notes. You know, they were so happy that they were gaining knowledge as a result of that networking, that interaction with those who were sharing how they made improvements. And then, you know, we're also talking how they couldn't wait to bring some of those, you know, ideas and implement them back, you know, or implement them once they return back to their offices. You know, a, a few of the key points for the quality was, um, looking at technology advancements because, again, technology is ever-changing. In order to, you know, appease a customer, they're looking at how can they increase technology to aid in the overall quality assessment process, but then also recognizing not only with technology but how important people and processes are and how they truly interrelate to that the technology advancements that were being shared uh such as speech recognition to you know just to name one um but to to take it back i guess to like the original stepping stone is you know looking at that quality process and understanding you know if the quality process right now is used as a feedback mechanism understanding how can they then incorporate a coaching um, perspective because the importance of the people and processes to that quality assurance program um, is truly important for the overall success of the program and, and just sharing, you know, again, different ideas as to, you know, who should be responsible for feedback, who should be, you know, providing that coaching and then clearly communicating to the um, staff, if it was the same person providing feedback and coaching, what is feedback versus coaching? And it, it helped in love, I think, um, many individuals. So that way, when they go return, when they return back to their office, they were able to, you know, hopefully incorporate or start incorporating some of these um, ideas that they uh, took away from these sessions. Yeah, I think uh, one of the things that I definitely saw were eyes popping. You know, you could uh, see light bulbs going off in people's heads. Yeah. And and yeah. part of that was because of the fact that we had a good cross-industry representation. There were people from different industries, and you could, uh, you know, in, in conversations and also in the breakout sessions, somebody 
would say, well, you know, I'm in such and such an industry, and I never thought that I could pick up something from somebody in this other industry, and yet this was a best practice idea I'm definitely going to bring home and do something with. And we also had an international group there. So uh, there were some very perceptive comments by a participant from the Middle East who came in. Mm-hmm. Of course, had, uh, we had participants from Canada, from sort of the Caribbean, South America area. And um, uh, so, you know, these were all uh, able to come together and uh, work with us. Last year, if you recall, we had people also from China um, mm-hmm. and the the uh the cross fertilization that goes on is is very exciting and i think people were able to bring home some uh some great uh thoughts in terms of actual best practices that they can implement particularly when it comes to uh the agent uh, area and um uh you know how do you get this accountability because some people are really having a problem they're struggling with accountability and uh, mm-hmm. what is the proper mix of uh making sure that you get the right people make sure that you inform them of what they need to do, uh, then help them get there. And going from the helping them get there to, uh, you know, firing them if they don't is uh, sometimes a real challenge for, for people. But uh, anyway, yeah, great, great breakout, breakout sessions. And uh, we also had John Spiker who presented Imagine Excellence, the Art of the Possible in Today's Contact Center. Uh, John, an old friend of ours, uh, works for for Cisco and and, uh, brought uh, some really good thoughts there as well. Amy, do you have some uh, comments you'd like to make there? Yes. um, Actually, listening to John's presentation, it was was very enlightening. He, He actually was very clever about it because, it, you know, you can see where presenters, and I actually should say all the presenters this year were very clever with incorporating the um, participant engagement. And and John um, did so with his presentation. He, he was, you know, engaging the audience on um, interactive exercises in order not only to help them gain an understanding on what matters they've achieved within their centers, but also to provide basically a pathway of possibilities for those that were considering, you know, those same options within their center for items such as website, mobile applications, and social media. And, you know, the website seemed, you know, again, my perception was the the largest discussion point because everyone was looking at, you know, how could they, you know, continue to make improvements overall, not only to their website, but for marketing, but for that customer effort, the customer, you know, um, self-service. And and then it trickled down into the mobile applications as well as social media. But not only, you know, making certain that they had all that information incorporated in these technology um, platforms, but then how can they extract information from those platforms to measure and track what those customers' needs are? And mm-hmm. it was nice to hear some of the interjection from the uh, participants on items that they had encountered with their center and, again, seeing the eyes pop and have the aha kind of moment where, you know, other centers were like, oh, you know, maybe I should look at that on our website or, you know, oh, maybe we can consider mobile apps. So that that yep. was um, very interesting, or what I found interesting. Interesting, excuse me, for John's presentation. 
So for for our listeners, really, the idea is, uh, you know, we were talking before about doing some uh, gazing. And so gaze at your website. How is it that it actually interacts with your uh, customer contact function? Does it support the function? Is it nice and clear? Uh, the mobile apps, do you uh, have, are there mobile apps that are appropriate for your company or not? Uh, and, you know, are there ways that you might be able to incorporate those into your delivery of really superb customer service? So those, I think, are takeaways that people listening here can uh, can perhaps work on. Um, another thing was a, a talk that I gave on uh, Net Promoter Score and Customer Effort Score. And this was mm-hmm. a little bit of a Molotov cocktail uh, tossed into the session. <laughs> and uh, it uh, it uh, gained... Um, some of it, a lot of its content from uh, conversations we had earlier this year with Dr. Fred Van Benekam. And uh, anyone who's interested in those uh, sessions could find them in our archives. They were the April and the June shows for Call Center, uh, for uh, Call Talk. And uh, the, the main thing here, since uh, Call Center Campus really is meant to make people think and give them new ideas, was to uh, give a bit of a critique of Net Promoter Score and how it's used. And the same for customer effort score. So we we did a little bit in terms of uh, you know what's the history of these things, customer satisfaction uh, mm-hmm. scoring going back pretty much as far as uh, as uh, call centers, net promoter score, which came in in uh, 2003 with the famous uh, Harvard Business School article, and uh, then uh, customer effort score, which came in with the stop delighting your customers uh, in 2010. And uh, one of the questions that has to be asked is, uh, have we really found statistically valid, repeatable, reliable keys to customer loyalty? And and the frank answer to that is not really. Uh, We uh, can't come up with repeatable things or situations where we can say that a X percent change in your net promoter score is going to result in a Y uh, increase in loyalty and repurchase among your people. Um, that's mm-hmm. the sort of thing that on a broad statistical basis simply hasn't been proven yet uh, with either Net Promoter Score or with CES, but that doesn't mean that it, these two things can't be useful for you as call center managers. The uh, idea, however, is that don't give something statistical credence where it's not, you know, due and put yourself on the line to your superiors in terms of uh, relationships and correlations that you're going to be able to come up with, but rather to use these uh, measurements in your management in a responsible way and to use them also to focus your people on improvement Improvement, which certainly is going to be beneficial, uh, and, but just keep it in the proper context. That was the uh, the idea. So, uh, you know, experience shows that customer sat, NPS, and CES can all be useful management measurements if they're properly used to measure customer feedback, to motivate management action, and focus frontline agents. So that's not the same as making a claim that these are going to be uh, the things that are going to bring you and correlate with uh, repurchase and, cu- and customer loyalty, but they're still important. And um, the other thing we talked about was the fact that uh, whereas Net Promoter Score tends to work better as a relationship measure, not so good as a uh, transactional measure. That is to say, it's a great way. It, it, it tends to work better 
when you're getting people's uh, opinions of overall, you know, uh, am I willing to uh, suggest or to recommend this company to a friend or to a relative or to a colleague? Uh, not so good is, is, okay, how good was this call? Okay, because even if you put based on this call, how likely are you to recommend? Uh, there's some feeling in the community that uh, still feelings about, the overall feelings about the company or the product are going to bleed into the interaction, simply given the nature of the, uh, the question. Uh, mm -hmm. Customer effort score is more of a transactional uh, question because it asks about, you know, uh, how much effort did you have to put into this? So if anybody's uh, interested in that, there's some uh, lively uh, discussion on the web about this, and, and I'm happy to talk about it at any time as well. So did you have anything to add on that, uh, Amy? One of the statements that you had um, provided during your presentation that stuck with me was, you know, looking at the customer loyalty. And when you're looking at customer loyalty and or measuring, make certain it's truly fact based and not fad based and you know looking at some of the historical information uh that was being tracked um may not have necessarily been fact based and so i think that um if a point should be truly looked at or or remembered uh in in terms of loyalty is is looking at you know the company and the facts and the data that they can provide for that measurement right Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, maybe I should put a little uh, copyright on that. But anyway, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, uh, although Fred may have already done that, I'm not sure. Uh, Susan McDonald Osborne, one of our colleagues who is uh, a specialist in training, also spoke, and um, she she came up with a number of really good points, uh, and that is that in terms of the training function inside of companies. Not enough managers think of it as a function to be optimized. They think of it mm -hmm. as a, a necessity that has to be sort of filled up and done. And that uh, this is really not the right way to go about it. Uh, because you see that in those situations, oftentimes, the training becomes something where you overload somebody with information, they retain 20 or 30% of it, and then they have to be repeat trained on the rest because uh, sequencing is not done properly. Nobody's really thought about how to uh, develop and to deliver the training properly. And, um, you know, yeah. In all honesty, in, in terms of the percentages, um, actually I believe it was closer, which was shocking, honestly, agents will forget about half, 50% of what they've heard in training. And so um, that's why, you know, as Susan was speaking, she was talking about, you know, looking at what she would call a learning burst and, and doing those those shorter, um, you know, training um, sessions, so to speak. Because, again, with 50%, envision if you're trying to, um, you know, provide training on a process from start to finish and, the agent or you know the the center is only retaining fifty percent of of that process that's that's actually quite scary you know in terms of what what is being done after training so you know how can that be broken into pieces to help the um team better retain what they have been taught 
Exactly. And what what should those pieces be? Because uh, she said, you know, there's an awful lot of agents turned trainers uh, that really don't have the skills needed to design and develop effective training. Uh, they know the job, uh, but that's not the same as really putting together and optimizing your uh, your training function. And so, you know, I think one of her points is that oftentimes it's a good idea to go outside and to find somebody who's really a specialist in this area um, and to, to, to try to optimize this very, very important area of, uh, of call centers. Well, um, let's see. I think we've... Uh, We've pretty much taken up the half hour here, and it's uh, we still a ton that we could talk about. But uh, Amy, do you have any final comments before we hand things back to Brian? The final comments were that again, it was it was a pleasure to be at this year's call center campus, and there were so many takeaways from all of the presentations. And I realize we can and you know squeeze all of those presentations feedback into thirty minutes, but um, it was quite in you know an enjoying experience in interacting with you know everybody that was there all the participants as well as listening to those presenters okay well great uh amy listen it's been great to uh relive this experience with you here and with that uh, thank you very much and we'll hand things back over to brian all right you, great Bruce. guys yeah i appreciate it both uh amy Bruce, for kind of the highlights there of Call Center Campus for 2014. And I uh, want to remind you that uh, we're going to take next month off from Call Talks. So our next show is going to be January of 2015. Amazingly enough, time flies. Boy. So also I uh, want to remind you that you can sign up for a free reality check benchmark report to see how your center compares to others in the industry. And that's just go to our website, BenchmarkPortal.com, and look for reality check. So from all of us here at Benchmark Portal, keep those headsets steady, your fingers ready. Have a great Thanksgiving. This is Brian Carrington signing out. Take care. Happy holidays, everyone. (laughs) Bye-bye.